today on CityCast Chicago. Mask mandates are back, but that has some of us confused about what that really means. What is the point of saying you need to wear a mask indoors if you're just going to rip it off to eat your enchilada? And yes, Lala is over. But the stories that are coming out this week, which which are hilarious, Dr. Arwady going incognito to the front of it. She's got a little mustache on and a, and a wig and she's like, I don't have my papers, like trying to see if they'll catch her. We're breaking down the week's news with Monica Ang and Justin Kaufman. It's Friday, August 6th. I'm Carrie Shepard in for Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. Monica Ang, longtime journalist in Chicago, longtime Chicagoan, recently of WBEZ, just left last week. Justin Kaufman, also longtime journalist, has a million jobs, but I'll take another. Also, I'll take another one, Carrie. If you want to, and give me he another needs one. another one. So um, that I'm also throwing that out there. Welcome to CityCast Chicago, my friends. <laughs> Thanks, great to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Two of my favorite people to talk about the news with. You're both so passionate, so plugged in. You know this city inside and out. So I'm really excited to break down the week's news with you both, starting with the story that you just could not get away from. Either you were talking about it with your family, your friends, on your social media, just the story that dominated everything for you this week. Let's start with you, Monica. Well, the clear winner is the Delta spread. The way the the governor has handled it, the way the city's handled it or not. What do you mean the way the city is handling it or not? Well, you did see a rather large music festival go off without a hitch over the weekend. And I've been seeing lines at those testing centers that I haven't seen in months. I don't know if I would have been, you know, allowing hundreds, 100,000 people into a small area of Grant Park this weekend or last weekend. The question I have about it, just to play devil's advocate, and I to, I agree with you, I wouldn't go to Lollapalooza anyway, but is, do you realistically think they could have canceled it? You can cancel anything. I mean, you incur enormous fines and hatred and wrath and the business community would turn against you, of course, but, you know... If a if if a Godzilla walked out of Lake Michigan and started stomping on all the buildings, I think they would have canceled it. Yeah, you can cancel it. My second political question, if you feel comfortable at answering this, do you think Allison Arwoody, the Chicago Public Health Commissioner, whom you have followed as as a health reporter, do you think she's going to take the fall for the mayor if everything goes to? S-H-I-T with Lollapalooza, and it does turn out to be such a super spreader event? I think it's a really great question because what I've seen as I've covered COVID through throughout this whole time is you've had folks at CDPH, Chicago Department of Public Health, who have had certain views about things, and then those in City Hall have had other views of things, and those in- Can you be more specific, Monica, about that? What I've tried to push them on, is this really safe? Is this really a wise way to go? Should should we be having more um, capacity restrictions? Um, I've gotten different answers from, from CDPH than I've gotten from Mayor Lightfoot's office. But then they started this thing, what is it called? The Joint Office on covid and they're like, we're going to have one one answer for the city, and that is it. And I think that puts public health professionals, whose entire career is all about preserving health, 
in a, a difficult position when they have to uh, support policies that I believe may be more geared toward keeping businesses running and keeping the business community uh, support, uh, keeping the business community support uh, for City Hall. Sure. Okay. So Justin, same question. You were nodding your head when I asked Monica, do you think Commissioner Allison Arwoody is going to have to take the fall for the mayor if Lollapalooza turns out to be a disaster? Well, politically, I don't think this falls at anyone's feet, but Mayor Lightfoot. Everybody knows that Lollapalooza was a decision that the mayor had to make. So if, if, the, if it spikes after Lollapalooza and the mayor points to the Department of Public Health as the reason it did, no one's going to buy that. Uh, it's a tough call, but I understand the call. I mean, when you make that call two, two and a half months ago, three months ago, when Lollapalooza is on and your numbers are low and you have this this pressure from the business community, from the tourism community, from uh, Lollapalooza itself, which is a huge generator of revenue for the city. All of that coming together as a head. If she, at that point, the mayor says, no, we're not going to do it because we don't know what's going to happen in three months. She's going to have more political headaches coming from funders, from uh, those communities, and, and also, frankly, from Chicagoans who, who didn't think it was a big issue to go to Lollapalooza in the first place, uh, evidenced by the hundreds of thousands of people that were down in Grant Park. There's no fallout for, the, for Dr. Arwady, but I would say that there would be fallout for the mayor. There has never been a public health crisis like this under Mayor Daley or Mayor Emanuel. Or, or, you know, even going back to the, the original Mayor Daly. The, and so it's hard to say what to do in these situations because there is the health and financial sustainability of the city that has to be considered when you're thinking about what a revenue generator Lollapalooza is. The stories that are coming out this week, which, which are hilarious, which are about Dr. Arwady going incognito, incognito yeah. to, the, to the front of it, <laughs> like acting like she's just some, I, I just, I love it. Like it, it's, it's like a sketch. Like, like the glasses comedian, with the, you know, the like nose and the... Yeah, she's got a little mustache <laughs> on and a, and a wig and she's like, I don't have my papers, like trying to see with if a, they'll with catch her. a fanny her. pack, fanny pack. <laughs> and, she's, got yeah. Her, yeah, she's got her basketball jersey on and she's, she's like ready to rock. The only thing I will say about this whole hypothesis of really her taking the fall is it just seemed like with those early commercials, remember, that we were all laughing about, like, ooh, what are we listening to with Mayor Lightfoot and Allison Arwoody? And Allison Arwoody has the last word and says, I'm giving it the go. So it just seems like a perfect setup to be like, she's the public health expert. Mm-hmm. She said it was fine. That's my only like cynical political take on it. Yeah. My, my only thing on it is, is what I would like to ask the mayor, and I haven't heard the press corps ask this question, is what was your reaction when you saw those videos of the 150,000 people overhead helicopter shots? What were those crowded red lines or those crowded trains with, without masks and those people squished together? And I feel like that's what I want the, the humanity from the mayor to, to be transparent with us, to say, yeah, that did not look good. And for all the last year and a half of shutting down lakefronts and restaurants and all this kind of stuff, I can see why people be like, that is against what we've been taught as a society. So, Justin, is this your story you can't stop talking about? I think that the story of the week, Lollapalooza was last week, Monica. This I'm week, talking about fallout. You're talking about Delta, right? But this, I, I think it has to be the mask mandates in schools. This is something that we've talked a lot about our neighbors. And, and you know, I've got, a, I, I've got a freshman. I got a freshman going into to high school and had to deal with uh, remote school last year in eighth grade and then finally going and having to wear a mask. 
And, and I think this is a huge issue because you're seeing this from lawmakers downstate, uh, Republicans mostly, who have said we need a special session. They're trying to force the new Speaker of the House to do a special session to uh, counter what the governor's mandate is on masks in schools. I grew up in Wonder Lake, Illinois, which is deep into McHenry County. So I have a lot of friends who are on Facebook who I grew up with who live out in you know McHenry, Crystal Lake, Wonder Lake, those kind of places. They do not want a mask mandate with their kids in school, which is surprising to me because I'm like, don't you want to protect your kids? They, they look at the other way saying this is a freedom of choice. They're worried about the, the secondary effects of what it means to those kids uh, to wear a mask. It's anecdotal. I, and Monica would know better than I. What's what all those kids did last year who went back hybrid? My friends who have younger kids than your, than your kids are three, four. They can wear a mask. They wear masks. They're, chi- they're children. And like there's, you're saying, you're telling me a 14 year old can't wear it. I will say this. I will say, and I, and you know, it's, it varies. I, I think that there's, because I think my personal opinion is different than trying to be objective to think about when you see a groundswell of people, I mean, almost, I mean, really a lot of people who don't want their kids to be masked in school because they feel like it's a detriment to their learning experience. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that. I'm be honest with you, personal opinions aside, but there is something there and you're seeing this kind of fall under political divide. So that's where you get a little suspect on, on where their uh, motives are to, to be mad about this kind of issue. So I don't know what it is about a mask on a face, but it is causing some sort of civil, you know, uh, division. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, Governor Pritzker, I read in Chia Capos's political playbook, House Minority Leader Jim Durkin and State Senate Minority Leader Dan McConchie criticized Pritzker for taking a, quote, mm-hmm. unilateral approach to handling the, the pandemic. Which is what you're supposed to do. Ha- you're the governor. The governor's supposed to Which do Which is that. exactly what you're supposed to do. No, you want to take a spotty approach. You want to take a spotty approach to public health because that always yields the best results. That you should have consulted lawmakers. All due respect to our public officials, how many of them are doctors? Aren't they like lawyers? No, you're, you're right. I mean, you're right. You know, I, I don't get so bent out of shape about people who get really angry. I, I pay attention to it. Say, why are you so angry about this? And then you see the comments and there's 250, 300 comments under a personal Facebook page where people are all saying the same thing. And I'm not sure that that should be an argument when you're talking about a pandemic. But because of our political leadership on both sides of the aisle, this is where we're at where every decision that happens because of a pandemic or otherwise is going to be filtered through a political lens. And it's a shame. You'd think that that what a leader of a political party would want to do is keep their constituents alive to vote. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> also, think about what the outcry and the fallout would be if the governor didn't do it. Could you imagine the same people are mad who are clutching their pearls about the idea of how dare you make my kid wear a mask? Uh, we're in a position where the government let their kid die. Okay, we call this the most overhyped story of the week. What is your overhyped well, story of the week? Monica's Monica's big story is my, you know, like the idea of people talking about Lollapalooza. I'm done with it. I'm like, you know what? They made that. They made that bed. They they slept in it. We'll see what happens. But you know, that's 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 life we live in. And, and the idea that we're still talking about it on Friday. You know, be, before the uh, a week after the festival, and and people are still asking questions of the mayor. It, it's just a little too much for me. I'm like, all right, well, enough. I totally enough. disagree with Justin on that because you know when I'll agree with you, Justin. In two weeks, if we don't see a bump, 
I will be the happiest person to be wrong in the world. Justin's is Lollapalooza, which um, our regular host, Jacoby Cochran, firmly agrees with that one. He actually, that was his most overhyped story two weeks ago, even before Lala. So Monica, your most overhyped story. On Friday night, I got the alert from the CDPH that uh, they were going to require or they were going to uh, suggest face coverings in all indoor public settings. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Well, how are they going to do that in restaurants? You can't eat with a mask on. You can't drink with a mask on. And what I realized was, yeah, they're suggesting it, but then that mask comes right off. And I've been, you know, again, I've covered restaurants for the last three decades too. And I'm a big supporter of Chicago's restaurant and hospitality scene. But what is the point of saying you need to wear a mask indoors if you're just going to rip it off to eat your enchilada? That's not safe. And you have no capacity limits. I was very happy to see Baker Miller it's a bakery and cafe in Lincoln Square. Because there's no guidance from the city, we're putting in our own capacity limits. We're going down to 50%. This goes to that civil liberties conversation we had, too, because I think that a lot of conservatives who don't believe in government overreach are, are more in line with what Baker Miller is doing. They, the Baker Miller as a private uh, business can decide how they want to operate their business. And I guarantee there's going to be lawsuits galore off of this stuff, which is a ridiculous notion to think that, you know, people are trying to protect themselves and protect their communities and, and there's going to be lawsuits. Okay. On a happier note, every week we do a moment of joy, which is something we get from, um, we do a moment of joy in our newsletter. What was your moment of joy this week, Monica? Something that happened in Chicago that made you happy, excited? My moment of joy was um, going out to the lake, not once, not twice, not three times, but four times this week. My partner and I jumped on our bikes after a long day at seven o'clock and we still had plenty of sun and, and we got on those dual paths one for bikes and one for walkers funded by a certain political guy who I will not name, but boy, has that made life in Chicago so much better. I really don't know who you are talking. Who are you talking about? Rahm Emanuel. Oh, by, oh. By Ken mayor. Griffin, Ken Griffin. Right, no, Ken Griffin paid for the <laughs> Just divided Just name a bunch path. of billionaires and you'll, you'll hit on it at some point, right? <laughs> and those divided paths are the best things because you have all the, the pedestrians over here and you have all the bikers over here it's free. It's clear. It's it's a wonderful experience to ride along that that lakefront path and then to jump in the water, which is warm now. It's hard not to miss the lake. Like when we had Stephen Colbert on plug, Stephen Colbert talking about all the things he loved about Chicago. He was just like the lake, the lake, this it's this ocean. And you can tell me like you know, Michigan's over there, but I won't believe you. Like, it's just like, it's so true. Like, it's it's really nearly impossible to be cynical about how beautiful Lake Michigan is. Justin Kaufman, yeah. what is your moment of joy this week? Can I do, can I do sports? Can I yeah, do sports? Yeah, are you kidding? We love talking sports. The Chicago Bulls, um, which have, have toiled away in less than mediocrity for the last 10 years, since Derrick Rose busted up his knee, it's been, it's been awful. Um, but this week, they went out and uh, they have new leadership. And they brought in Lonzo Ball, who's a, who's a big uh, point guard from New Orleans and obviously the uh, pretty famous name. Uh, and DeMar DeRozan, who is an all-star from the San Antonio Spurs. Both players come to the Chicago Bulls who have had a history, Carrie, a history 
of being terrible with free agent acquisitions. For some reason, because of Jordan or Pippen or whatever, there's a bad, there's a bad vibe um, with the Bulls getting free agents. I mean, that falls on the owners, doesn't it? That's ownership. It does. There's, some, there's something there that's that not being said among the fraternity of players and agents that they don't like the Chicago Bulls. It's Because the Bulls agent organization is pretty top-notch. So it was amazing to see that the Bulls have scored at least three free agents, maybe more, coming up here and revamp their... Uh, revamp their lineup. It's nice to see that they're actually doing something, and I'm excited. And here's, here's what brings me joy, is that DeMar DeRozan, he's a pretty big deal, and the reason he's a big deal is he's in rap songs. Like, he's referenced in rap songs. So there's a, there's a rapper named Kyle, and he's got a song that was like a hit a couple of years ago called I Spy. Uh, I Spy. Na, 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 na. Anyway, um, in, in the li- he's, got, he's got a line in there where he goes, I'm like DeRozan. When, it go- when I shoot it, it goes in. Like, he's got this thing, and I'm always like, oh, cool, man. It'd be nice to have a player in Chicago that gets referenced in rap songs, right? And now we do. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I just think, you know, having Chicago Bulls relevant in hip-hop again is a, is a good thing. <laughs> That's so strange. Not in, not in the NBA. Not on the court. I could care if they win or lose. I just want more people referring to our stars in their rap songs. Jacoby will love, will love this. He's a big Bulls fan, so he's he's probably here for that moment of joy. I think that's it for this week. Thank you, Monica Ang, uh, journalist. Formerly of WBEZ, Chicago Tribune, Chicago Sun-Times. You've pretty much, the Daily Illini, you've pretty much worked everywhere, right, Monica? Is fair to say? Yeah, my first job was with uh, Chicago Daily News. I was eight and I delivered it. And you were in a union then, too. You you started, you were in the News Guild at eight. Yeah, no, no paper girls <laughs> union, but then I was in a union when I started at the Sun-Times in 85. Okay. Monica, thank you. Um, I'm glad to see you. Justin Kaufman, also a longtime journalist with many, many jobs, hosts Chicago For Real on the Twitch channel, another friend of mine. Thank you guys for doing this with me, and thanks for coming on CityCast Chicago. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you. This was so much fun. Jacoby is back on Monday, I promise. And shout out to Jacoby, who keeps us all laughing and is so gracious, and he's always finding new ways to rediscover this city. And producer Natalie Rivera, who lives in L.A. but still manages to teach us new things about Chicago. Producer Simone Alisea is back from vacay. We missed her diligence, dedication, and laugh. And of course, newsletter writer Sydney Madden, who has ideas for days and reads all the news so we can stay plugged in. Sign up for the newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm to read for yourself just how good Sydney is. Thanks to Sam Trump and Mark Greenberg from the Mayfair Workshop for the tunes. I'm Carrie Shepard. Thanks for hanging out. We're back on Monday. Justin, do you want me to plug Chicago for real? Sure. Yeah. Which is on Twitchy. Yeah, you gotta say it runs or it's part of the part of the team that uh, who cares? I'm just gonna <laughs> give a shit. <laughs>